everyone. Welcome to Way of Life Podcast, where we firmly believe that everyone picks a way in life and what way you pick is extremely important and directly affects how you live. In this podcast, we seek to interview people from all around Australia and beyond on life's most important topics. Whether you're a Christian, a skeptic, or someone with a whole heap of questions, this podcast is for you. My name is Matt, a pastor living in Brisbane, Australia. This is Way of Life Podcast. So we're going to get into some Q&A. So if you want to take your seats, that would be much appreciated. Uh, we're just going to spend a little bit of time. There's some really good questions that have come through already uh, from Miriam. Um, so Miriam, the first or the one at the top here is uh, how can you let family members know? And I'm, I'm going to try and interpret this question. I don't quite understand it. How can you let family members know about mental health disorders so that they can understand um, even though you've already kind of told them about it and they still yeah. just don't understand. Yeah. And we were talking about that all night, really, haven't we, about how people can think that if they just worry or they get down and you say you've got anxiety or depression, then just do what they, they're doing. So if you're a member of a family and you are suffering at this end of the spectrum with clinical depression or an anxiety disorder and you find that your family is not getting it, that could actually make you worse. The feeling of being misunderstood and being isolated could make you worse. So there comes a point where maybe stop trying to explain it to them. One thing you could do would be to ask whether they'd be willing to come with you if, you, if you're seeing a counsellor, whether your counsellor would do a family uh, therapy session and talk about it there, or there might be another voice that could try to explain it to them. But I'd be very, very careful about beating your head up against a brick wall because remember we said before that hopelessness is at the core of depression and if you keep on trying to get them to understand and they don't, it could just reinforce the hopelessness. And and I, I found that some people who actually became more suicidal, it's because of that inner circle of family not getting it. Mm. And that was that was the that that was the last bit of the anchor that was swept away. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really good. Um, could you explain complex PTSD, like complex trauma, and a biblical approach to seeking healing for it? Mm. That's a really good question because I reckon uh, sometimes it seems that mental health actually can really come from a big lot of trauma that comes yes. through life. So could you maybe expand upon yeah. that a little bit? And I'm really pleased that trauma has come up tonight because when we talk about trauma, we can talk about capital T trauma and some people can say you know, that, that um, the sexual abuse or, or when I um, was attacked, uh, capital T trauma. But we're also finding that people can have a series of small T trauma in their life that can also have this cumulative effect. And trauma changes the brain. And it changes the brain in such a way that rather than our brain being um, a learning open brain, trauma makes our brain a surviving brain. It closes in on itself. And PTSD is when you're stuck in a constant state of, you know, we talk about fight or flight or freeze in the face of stress, those main uh, reactions to stress. And freeze is when you're like the 
the, the rabbit in the headlights sort of frozen. PTSD is like being in this constant state of freeze or, or of um, fright. And the brain goes from being open and learning to being this surviving brain. Mm. And if a person has got PTSD, when I said what's a biblical approach to getting healing, can I just say that um, I'm hoping that the spirit of truth would be really at work in this and convince mm. the person that PTSD is a very, very serious condition and that um, it's really important to go and get help for that, that, mm. that people don't help themselves out of PTSD. Yeah. So what's biblical? Biblical would be um, recognising this is a whopper of a boulder I'm dealing with, PTSD, yeah. and I must get help for the boulder. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. Um, this is an interesting question. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Is there a relation between demonization and mental illness? And I guess to piggyback on it, I'm sorry for the person who asked it, but um, where, how does the enemy kind of play in this kind of world of mental uh, health? Okay. So if, if the questioner is asking what's the relationship between being demon possessed is that yeah it? i'd imagine so because yeah, demonization would be we can demonize mental illness as saying the de devil is always in that um well Maybe we're going to go back to our spectrum i may have gotten that really wrong who knows go on <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> with the spectrum uh, and we had wellness down there and illness here i think it's really dangerous to think the evil one is only at play at this end if you're, if you're going through a really cushy, cruisy time in life, I reckon watch out more for the temptations of greed and entitlement and, and laziness and everything else down that end. So, I, I, so, And yet we're very quick to say, you know, is, is that person demon-possessed if they're at this end with, with illness? Um, and in the olden days, they used to think that anyone who had a mental illness must be demon possessed mm. um, hopefully now through science we're understanding no it's not the same mm. um, and you um, so if, if somebody if somebody's wondering whether they are possessed by the devil and that's why they're really struggling yeah um, I would say it's really important to go and talk to uh, a, a Christian counsellor, first of all, because there are some forms of mental illness where you think you know, people are hearing voices in your head or, or even there's a form of OCD, which is a religious OCD. It, it could even be a form of that. So mm. I, I, um, I, I think the, the evil one is, can be anywhere on the spectrum, Yeah. even in wellness. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good one. Um, how do you? How does one work on open-handed thinking when they naturally are closed <laughs> thinkers? Yes, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, and, and we were reflecting a lot about this in our church um, during Lent about how Lent and the Lenten way as a way of life is yeah. is open-hand surrender, isn't it? It's um, and yet a lot of us are very much this kind of clenched fists, and we want want it to go control. 
Um, so if you've recognised in yourself that you lean more towards the I want to be in control mm. and a lot of us are like that and it is rewarded quite a bit in our society. It's like, you know, people are seen as being these um, setting goals and going for them and nothing's going to get in their way sort of people um, as opposed to I think the, 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 the kingdom way which is of more the... The surrender yeah. to Christ, but I think recognizing first of all the naming and taming, and if you know in yourself that you are a very controlling person, you like to be in control of things. Maybe just locking in this bit of information. They've done some research about, for example, which women are more prone to postpartum depression or, or postpartum anxiety, and what the research is finding is that women who want to be in control. Right, so the birth is going to go this way, the pregnancy is going to go this way, my baby's going to be like this, the world's going to be like this, my body's going to get back to shape like this. People who have this really prescribed, this is how it must be, are much more prone to getting depressed and anxious after the birth of their child because life does not match our plans. And so control is often, I want the world to go this way, to be shaped this way. And often underlying it is an insecurity too, as mm. opposed to um, that tolerance for ambiguity I talked about before, which says it may go this way, but it may go may go that way. So I think recognising it as being not a healthy way to think is the first place, because some of us think it is a good way to think, to be, to be controlling of life. The other thing is to... Um, if you, if you do think that being in control of life is going to help you with your life, I would really like you to just do a little bit of research about that because all the research says that's not the case. The people who, try, who are controllers, um, for example, Matt, if you think of all the best things in your life that have happened, mm. were you ever more loved, more forgiven, more anything that you value in your life because you made it happen because you controlled it. Mm. Um, the, they don't come at the end of control. Yeah. No, that's good. It's almost like a false understanding of what control can really, really give you. Um, I'd be quite honest with you. I lost the page, but I, I remember three of the questions. How do you navigate narcissism as a Christian? Okay. So I'm interested in that question, navigate, because that, is that person talking about it in themselves or are they saying they're finding it in somebody else? Um, so, again, think about a spectrum. Yeah. There is a narcissism spectrum and we're all on it. And a little bit of narcissism is probably really good for us because it's a bit of self-belief. So if you, if, if you have a big... Um, you try something and it doesn't go well, picking yourself up and saying, I'll give it another go, um, has a little bit of self-belief and narcissism in it, okay? But if we're thinking about um, pathological narcissism, that, that is the exact opposite of gospel and kingdom living. Mm. So because that sort of... Because the, the core of pathological narcissism yeah. is I am number one, it's all about me. Mm. You are only there to serve me. Mm. Uh, and I'm entitled to everything good that happens in my life. Yeah. That is the exact opposite of kingdom and gospel 
isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so if that person is asking the question because they recognise it in themselves, mm. well, recognising it in yourself is a really good sign because yeah. maybe that means you're not at the pathological end. <laughs> right? yeah. um, it, may, it might mean that you just recognise that there is some um, self-absorption yeah. which we've all got and we all have to keep on bringing before the Lord. But if you're seeing it in somebody else and you're in relationship with a narcissist, a pathological narcissist, I would say you navigate getting away from them. That's really good. Thank you. Um, there was one about kind of schoolwork. Schoolwork, how do you navigate actually having uh, a good mental health during um, the busyness of assignments, the busyness yeah. of a huge workload? And I guess you could expand that to most people's lives, yeah. like even being a parent. It's like a huge amount of time. There's huge responsibility or being full-time work and having all this other stuff. How do you, how do you navigate being... Uh, I guess mentally well. In the demanding seasons of life. I think one part is, getting back to Matt's favourite word, journey, is to know that on the journey of life (laughs) we're going to have some seasons where we're going to – life is going to come at us in bigger chunks. And I think being able to to map that in advance, Mm. so knowing uh, this is going to be a season of intensity and and preparing for it. So um, the doing the five I mentioned before – Yep it's really important to lock those in to, to be able to sustain us during the the busy times mm. and also to because the brain really loves having um, lily pads like if you think about a frog that's up in the air and it lands on a lily pad and then it's able to go up in the air and land on another lily pad even being able to dream about the next lily pad you know oh, once this is finished I'm going to have this weekend off I'm going to go on this holiday I'm going to mm. do that it's really helpful for the brain. It gives it like a, a lily pad view. Yeah, yeah. So I would say absolutely do the five to get you through the stressful time. Prepare in advance knowing it's coming and build in some buffer because some of us, using my analogy about the, the cliff face, yeah. some of us spend our life living on the cliff edge and then when something really intense comes, we've got no buffer left mm. and we're going to fall over. But if we could say, okay, there's a big season coming ahead with an exam block or something, yeah. how can I pull back here and build some of that margin, that buffer yeah. in? Yeah, that's really, really good. Last question. Um, could you recommend any good Christian psychiatrist or psychologists um, around yeah. the greater Brisbane area? Yeah. I would love to, and I was saying this to Matt before, um, this is a very... T- um, immediate question for me because I'm telling my clients that this is my last year of counselling in my practice and um, from next year I'm only going to be doing a couple of days a week just of offering supervision to pastors and missionaries. And so in telling my clients, so I started in 1993, that my my practice, last century, that my my, my practice is um, folding up, I was saying, and I, I want to help you, to be referred to somebody else. Yeah. I said before that COVID has meant that a lot of um, counsellors, their books are full, they're closed. Yeah. So I, I no tricky. longer now give a name because yep. if I give a name, all I'm doing is setting people up for disappointment because inevitably yeah. that person has closed their books. So Gosh. could I instead just recommend a practice? So, for example, at Castledine, there's the Foundations Christian Counselling Centre and they've got multiple Doctors, counsellors, psychologists, 
Um, in terms of psychiatrists, that's harder because psychiatrists is usually up to a six-month waiting list. So sometimes it's better to uh, get to your doctor first and then, then a counsellor. But Christian yeah. counselling centres, and there's you, you go online, there's the um, Christian Counsellors Association of Queensland, mm. and there's a website, and if you put in what the issue is, what your suburb is, yeah. whether you want a male or a female, and you hopefully they'll give you a few suggestions then. But... You usually will know after one session whether or not they're a, they're a good fit, and if they're not, then you might have to try someone else. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Thank you for your honesty in that as well, um, Miriam. Again, thank you so much for giving of your time and talking on such an important topic and sharing your many years of wisdom. Honestly, uh, we're really thankful for that. And let's give them a hand, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap it up now, guys. So, um, again, for future listeners, if you found this helpful, if you guys found this helpful, um, we're not in it to be popular by any means, but we want what we're talking about to be popular in order to help people. So if you want to share that around, we'd greatly appreciate that. Um, But, Miriam, thank you once again. And uh, for everyone listening, we'll catch you next time.